0: sports mental health empowerment coach, and couple marriage and family therapist, Dr. Lauren Pitts. Y'all
1: know who that guy is. Morning, everybody. Morning, everybody. This is Ronnie Ransom, resident in counseling, uh, uh, retired college athlete. How's everybody (laughs) doing this morning? It's a beautiful Saturday outside. It's a beautiful 60 degrees outside this Saturday morning. No clouds in the sky. Football weather. Amazing football weather. Amazing. Yes. How are you, Doctor Pitts? How are you doing today? You know, I I I have shaken therapist syndrome. Oh, ooh! I ain't never heard of that one. What talking about made, shaking therapist? I just made syndrome. it up. <laughs> I just, I didn't make
0: you're gonna up. have to
1: you're gonna have to send it off to the uh, DSM board for the uh, yeah, DSM six when need that come to out. Put
0: shaking therapist syndrome in the DSM. Look at that? That's when clients get on a therapist's nerves so bad they feel like they've
1: been you shook could the, you could do it shakes a little bit
0: man look i kid you not ronnie every day this week i was like yo it's moonful what is going on right now
1: it Dude, be like that mean, sometimes, man.
0: craziness i'm like i need y'all to chill man.
1: there's no there's no more uh mercury is is no longer in retrograde for the rest of the year so your clients cannot blame it on that so we, I, we can you know we can what? eliminate that issue
0: and you know what's so funny? As clinicians, folks, we one of the things we teach people is you can't be blaming and shaming in the whole nine yards. But you know what? You know, mm-hmm. Ronnie, I'm gonna blame the devil. <laughs> the devil busy. The devil. The you hey, don't, believe, he the don't believe in taking a day
1: off.
0: Right. He don't never take no day off. He don't take holidays. He don't take breaks. He don't take nothing. He got
1: he probably got crazy PTO too. <laughs> it's
0: true. Look, he got he got so much PTO. He's trying to vacation to heaven. Nah, you he can't come here bro.
2: You hey, were look, bench, baby, like, like
0: you. You don't want to take a break. You don't want Lisa. I don't like bring up off of me. Man, listen. When I say he was riding my client's backs this week like a baby mm. baboon, I'm just oh, like, Lord. oh, y'all can't see what this is. It's crazy, you know. It be like to- that though? It, it, it is. really it is. Like Hello, that. Folks, welcome back. This is House Talk Pre-Game. Um, woo, boy, oh boy, oh boy, we got some fire for you today. Uh, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, I said, I've got some, some things that I'm going to wait until our hundredth episode to share. But one of the things that I've I've come to realize about this, which is really interesting. And you hear a lot of A-listers talk about it is that when the world perceives you as nobody, it is kind of difficult to connect with people sometime, right? Then, you know, everybody, you know, so many people, I gonna say everybody, so many people want to be paid, and we get that, you know, we get it, it's all good in the neighborhood, but you know what, it was many years ago, Ronnie, um, my speech coach taught me that, Lauren, sometimes you have to speak for free, and that will open the door for you to speak for fee, and that that blessed like that. me, that was such a, a humbling and a gracious encouragement to me, because what I, I came to realize is that You know, we need to eat just like everybody else. We do. right? But at the end of the day, these messages that we convey week in and week out are powerful, powerful messages. They're Mm -hmm. powerful messages. And as we know from some of the folks that we have met with that are coming on the show throughout the season and how thankful and grateful we are for that, these are conversations that are not being held. And the little bit of chatter that is going on in these types of conversations, they're not being held the way Ronnie Ransom and Dr. Pitts have them. So, you know, it's, it's kind of disheartening, Ronnie. It's kind of disheartening when you attempt to connect with people who have arrived or on their way to arriving, so to speak, that don't even give you the common courtesy. Yeah, I'm calling people out right now. I'm not gonna say no names, but <laughs> they don't even give you the common courtesy of a thank you, but no thank you. Or if you could pay me for my appearance, then I might consider it or what have you. But, and, and I and you know what? I am so thankful and grateful. And I said this before on the show, I didn't have a perfect life. And, you know, folks know, and I've been very transparent about some of the things that I've been through and what have you. But Ronnie, I was raised right. I was raised right. And there's such a thing as decency. There's such a thing as common courtesy and respect. And I'm not suggesting for a moment that anybody Mm -hmm. owes me, you or us anything. But my brain says, well, darn. if somebody thinks highly enough of me, of you to say, hey, Dr. Pitts, Ronnie, I know you guys are busy because I hear you talking about your caseload on the show or what have you. Can, you know, can I get a moment of your time? Well, I mean, we do that. There are people that have reached out to us wanting to come on the show and we have moved our clinical schedules around mm-hmm. to accommodate meeting with people. You know why, folks? Because it's the right darn thing to do. It's called common humanity. It's called common courtesy. It's called decency. It's called respect. And I, and it, it clinically, personally, and professionally, it bothers me that folks, you know, and we go through it and I'm just going to put it out there. I think that this is something that exists across all ethnic groups, but maybe Mm -hmm. Because we're, we're, we're among black and brown persons, we feel it because we know one of the things that's been stated in our communities is crabs in a basket. And folk think that you are always looking for a hand out when in actuality, if we were all more diligent about extending a hand up, we could all rise higher every day. But you know what, so oftentimes what people do, I got mine, they need to figure out how to get theirs. Okay, you're right, you're right. We're gonna figure it out and we're gonna continue to do what we do with greatness and excellence every single solitary show. Because what we do know to be true based on the people that have been connecting with us, based on the people that do email us, that do message us, People
1: are paying attention, right? And it's and only mean, about it, huh? and I think you know, and we and we've had this conversation personally before, you yeah. know, and you know, I, I you know, I, I observe and listen to a lot of things that people say, you know, yeah. outside of you know, just you know, whether it's the real world, social media, whatever the case may be and you know when it concerns podcasts and stuff like that one of the things i always see people say is like you know everybody in their mama got a podcast you know Mm -hmm. everybody thinks they should have a podcast and whatnot Mm -hmm. and you know and i think i think the reason that especially within the last year or so people gravitate towards podcasts because Mm -hmm. of a select few you know there's a select few podcasts out there that have you know national attention national you know they they grab people's attention Mm -hmm. um and, you know, those are heavily monetized, sponsored and stuff like that as yeah, well. You yeah. know, for good reason. Most of those shows are definitely very well quality podcasts and whatnot. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, me and you had talked about, especially, you know, during this past off season um, was that, you know, I think the one thing for us that has never really, you know, um, penetrated our mind is this need to be, you know, compensated for doing this.
2: Yeah,
1: you know right. For me, you know, I think the the greatest way that we've been compensated so far by doing this is just by the connections we've made with the people yeah. who come on the show. Yeah, um, relationships. I mean, we've, had some, we've had some really great guests and some really powerful conversations on this show, yeah. you know, with the guests we've had. And just the yep. connections, like a lot of the guests we've had, we still keep in contact with outside of the show. And some of yep. them have only been on the show once, And, you know, still keep in contact with them. So I think for me right there, just the connections and networking and stuff like that, this podcast has provided us, you know, and then also being able to expose a lot of these people to a a broader audience to let them know, like, you know, let people know like, hey, there are people out there, you know, whether they're close to you or someone in your Mm -hmm. vicinity that, yeah, they are talking about these things. They are doing these things. And these are some of the projects yeah. that you might not know that these are, that they're the ones in charge of it. But hey, right. this is what they're doing. This is what they got going on. And hey, we co signed them. Like you know, yeah. so I I think yes, money money you know money is a, a necessity. Money is good and everything, right. but right. there's just some things you can't put a price on. You know, right. networking and, and, and
0: doing this. Whether we're the, isn't that what Oprah says though, Ronnie? She when she had her show, she used to always say. Find what it is you really love to do. Do it with excellence. Whether you're getting paid or not, the money always comes. And, I, right. and I've said that about my private practice. I've said that about HT. Whether we ever are sponsored, that would be nice. But Word. even if we're not, this, these conversations are still necessary. And somebody said something powerful that just blessed me. And it reminded me of something, my grandma and my grandpa used to always say, right, Ronnie? If we just positively impact one person's life for the better, based on these conversations, then we've done our job. But right. we know what we know that we know that we know based on the feedback that we do receive is that we're impacting more than that, and a life is far greater than any dollar amount that anybody could ever pay us. And that's the thing. It's like, yo, if we've heightened a parent's awareness about things that their child may be going through as a scholar athlete that they didn't realize because they just hadn't thought about what going on beyond the win. Or if, you know, when we talk about recruiting, when it gets closer to National Sunday and all that, all the different things that we've talked about, like today, you know, tell them what we're talking about today. Because today's like sheesh i wish our guests had been able to come through for us and make it but we're gonna rock out we're gonna make it do what it do without a guest for today's show because it's just so powerful so powerful tell them what we do yeah and, and
1: i think we definitely should you know especially for this topic i think we should definitely find a guest for maybe to revisit this topic later on in the season because i think it's you know really important um you know, we're talking about pride in sports. You know, the LGBTQIA plus community and their yeah. athletic experience. You know, <clears throat> we know for millions of American, for millions of Americans, sports embody these our ideals of equality, fairness, perseverance, discipline, integrity. We always say that you know, especially in team sports. Team sports are really a microcosm of the society that we live in on a day to day basis. Especially yeah. in American sports, mm-hmm. we see how much you know our sports resembles you know, our societies and some of the, you know, uh, daily things we have going on, you know. But when we talk about the LGBT LGBTQIA plus community, you know, on the field, court or track, in the ring, on the ice, in the stands, you know, we transcend our differences in the spirit of honest competition and perseverance. But not in too many places, sports are always a safe or affirming space, especially for, you know, the, uh, the, the LGBTQ plus community. So we're gonna be talking about, you know, what are, you know, especially just in the last 10 years, how the perception yeah. of having LGBTQIA plus uh, community athletes on uh, teams and stuff like that. And especially yeah. some of the other things going on in the deep mm-hmm. South, like, you know, the transgender athletes and things like that, and how that right. has impacted a lot of high school communities and college communities and stuff like that. So we're going to kind of flesh through that. Now, I am no expert in the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, and we'll talk about more of that in the show and whatnot. But you know, we definitely want to, you know, spread some awareness and, and definitely put a feel out there for anybody who might be a current athlete, whether student or professional athlete who is a part of the LGBTQIA plus community, to, you know, really reach out and so they can share their testimony yeah. and really not only, you know, share their testimony and experiences with, you know, our community, but also giving us more game and insight on what, you know, what that's yeah. like on a day-to-day life, you know, whether you're an athlete or just just being you, you know. Yeah. Um, parents, parents, like anybody
0: and everybody that's impacted.
1: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And you know, the one thing I will say, you know, before we dive into this topic is one of the things that I've had to learn as an individual is, and I think, you know, society has definitely, you know, detrimented a lot of minds is that for so long, we've placed so much value and emphasis on your sexual orientation to (laughs) encompass all of you. (laughs) Yeah. you know and you know because who you sleep with matters more than who you are as a person you know yeah. who you decide to lay in bed with and love is far more important than who you are as a person and what you do as a person for the community and the world yeah. so we're going to get on that in a few seconds and whatnot yeah um so before we get into that and before dr piss get into was that your mental health tip of the week no i i have okay. one you want me to do it first yeah do that first and then we'll kind of um talk about a little college football a little bit for a second before we dive into our topic because there was a lot of things going on last week in college football that I definitely want to flesh out for our HBCU community because yeah tempers were flaring last week at a couple games and whatnot so yeah yeah, go ahead and give us your mental health tip of the week and then we'll dive on into that
0: I'm gonna do it more through the lens of awareness because this is domestic violence awareness month too as it is breast cancer awareness you see from our posts we're we're tackling both um Mm. for awareness so just as a reminder because we talk about this a lot on shows domestic violence is a pattern of coercive behavior used by one person to gain power and control over another in an intimate or familial relationship. So a lot of these terms are used interchangeably. So just so you know, whether it's domestic violence or abuse or battery or intimate partner violence, IPV, family spousal relationship or dating violence, all of those things sort of refer to the same thing. So I wanna, because I wanna approach this Ronnie from an awareness perspective, I wanna ask some specific questions (laughs) because I really want our audience to be thinking about their answers to these questions. Does your partner or partners threaten to, and this is specifically for LGBTQIA, right? Does your partner or partners threaten to out you to your family, friends, employer, faith leader, landlord, nursing home staff, et cetera, control or question your gender identity and or gender expression? Deny access to gender affirming clothing and devices such as binders and gaffes. Refuse to use your affirming pronouns or refuse your chosen name. Withhold hormones like testosterone and or estrogen. Tell you that you're not gay, lesbian, bi, trans, queer enough. Exploit vulnerabilities by hiding or denying access to your wheelchair or other assistive devices. Signs of abuse. It can be very difficult to acknowledge that you yourself or someone you're close to is experiencing relationship or family violence. Abusers go to great lengths to control their partners, their interactions and in everyday life. So there's four types of abuse that I wanna bring your awareness to. Physical abuse, hitting, kicking, or choking their partner without consent or permission, harming body parts related to identity, destroying property and their partner's personal items harming or killing pets and or livestock, sexual abuse, forcing or pressuring their partner to engage in sex acts, forcing their partner to watch or view pornographic movies or pictures, touching parts of their partner's body they don't like touch during transition, taking nude sexual photos or videos without consent, emotional and psychological abuse, using bi, trans, homophobic slurs, threatening to out their partner, threatening to use identity or sexuality to impact custody of children, using bi-trans homophobic bias in systems to their advantage, threatening to withdraw, hide, or destroy important paperwork relating to immigration status and or passports, ID cards, or healthcare cards, financial abuse, withholding banking information, opening credit cards in their partner's name without permission, building up debt from credit loans and bills in their partner's name, not allowing their partner to establish their own credit history to keep them dependent. What we know to be true is that domestic violence is very, very high among the community. And because of that, heightened awareness is so important and connecting with resources is so important. So for free and confidential help, please contact the ne- the National Domestic Violence Hotline at thehotline.org or 1-800-799-7233. You also have a Gender and Sexual Justice Caucus. So you can definitely look for um, local affiliation with the Gender and Sexual Justice Caucus in your geographic area. It's really important, folks, that We all are committed to justice and equality. You don't have to agree with a person's lifestyle to treat them as a human being. Having differences doesn't give you a license to abuse, neglect, or mistreat. We have to, as a nation, I believe, just like we need to address injustice and inequality against ethnic minorities, we have to end abuse in the LGBTQ plus community. We have to recognize that lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and all others within the LGBTQ spectrum experience dem- domestic violence and abuse at a high rate. And to do nothing is just as bad as
1: abusing in my opinion. That's all I have running. Thank you for sharing that. And you know, I think as we, you know, we we talk more about this topic and everything, you know, I would say, you know, I I'm not old enough to really understand, you know, the the pride movement of the, you know, the '60s, '70s, and '80s and stuff like that. However, you know, even just as I've gotten older, you know, definitely, you know, when I was growing up, you know, how people viewed, you know, the LGBTQ community from when I was growing up is yeah. vastly different than how yeah. it is viewed today and, and we'll right. talk about that in a second but I appreciate you sharing that and I think yeah. those are some very powerful words and things that need to be said you know in support and ally of you know the uh of that community and everything mm-hmm. um so before we get into that I just wanted to kind of run down um you know some college football news and everything last week mm-hmm. because you know um HBCU football is really heating up especially at the SES uh, <laughs> level yeah um, man For those who don't know what I'm talking about, so last week we had um, Jackson State travel to, uh, I want to say they're in Birmingham Mm -hmm. to play Alabama State for Mm -hmm. their homecoming. Um, And so to kind of give a little backstory on for everybody who saw the videos circulating last week of uh, Coach Deion Sanders and Coach Brian Robinson. Um, their little scuffle at midfield not scuffle but a little you know disagreement at midfield Mm -hmm. um you know uh, coach sanders was definitely a little um you know as he said uh confused as to you know coach bryan's um you know haste towards him so to kind of give a little backstory so we all know that alabama state had their homecoming last week Mm -hmm. and they had jackson state So last year, Alabama State had beat Jackson State. Um, Mm -hmm. It wasn't for Jackson State's homecoming, but Alabama State did uh, beat them last year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they were feeling themselves and whatnot. And, you know, Coach Prime and them, you know, definitely took offense that, you know, Alabama State had them as their homecoming. So, you know, Coach Prime come out and say, you know, well, I know why we're their homecoming this year. You know, it's a money game. You know, you ever seen them fill up their stands any other time? No, you haven't. So, (laughs) hey. We know, we know what it is. How you know, basically Coach Prime was like, it's disrespectful and you know, the audacity of them to schedule us for their homecoming. But he's like, I peep game, I, I know what time it is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, Coach uh Robinson did not care for those comments. And so another video that was circula- circulating around too is that apparently Coach Prime, you know, even when he was an athlete before every game, he walks the entirety of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, even if that means going on the opponent's side of the field and walking past them. So but a lot of athletes do that. But go ahead, I, go ahead, go ahead. I to do that. I wouldn't necessarily walk around the sideline. I would just walk up and down the field, you know, mm-hmm. do one time, you know, just to walk the field as, you know, a little pre yeah. ritual or not. But they he should Tom Brady
0: the- and, and Aaron Rodgers and them do that all the time. People do that
1: all the time. Exactly. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. So in the process of his walk, uh, some of the Alabama State players were, you know, vulgarly disrespectful. You know, they were definitely, hey, look, The audacity of them players to be, you know, cursing at his internet is the audacity of them to be yelling at him like that and cursing at him. Hey, you know, I'm pretty sure he went and told his players. So to make a long story short, it was a really good game. Alabama State did what they could, but Jackson State ended up winning. Coach Prime, Coach Robinson go to midfield. You know, they thought they was going to dap up. Coach Brian gave him the, eh, I'm good, fam. We just keep it in a handshake. So after the game, you know, they asked Coach Robinson, like, you know, well, what was that all about and whatnot? So he was like, you know what, they were real disrespectful. He's walking on our sidelines before the game and whatnot, you know, trying to get our players all riled up. I don't play that. Like, he not swag. I'm swag. He not swag. referencing the conference and everything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Coach Prime definitely heard that and whatnot. And you know he was like, hey, look, I stand by what I said. You know their players were disrespectful. I do, I do that every game. You know it's all good. He was like, you know, we'll be here next year, so we'll put them on the schedule for homecoming next year. And they want to come down there and, and do something. What's up? You know. So wow. It was a very, was a very entertaining scuffle and whatnot. Um, there now there have been a swirl of rumors. I mean, a swirl of rumors. Mm-hmm. You're glitching. Um, you keep freezing up. You're back. Oh, I do um, this Xfinity. Hey, Xfinity, you want to, you want to be part of the house talk family? Go ahead, sponsor us and sponsor me some better internet service in which y'all sponsor me here in Ettrick, Virginia, because, um, it ain't working, but, um, we love you as a sponsor though. I'll, I'll take it, but I need, I need you to sponsor this internet a little bit better too, but <laughs> crazy. anyways, so yeah, so, um, it was a lot of excitement because you know I like to see these you know these rivalries and these mm-hmm. you know, it, it was really exciting so it's really good to see but there have been a lot of rumors saying that Coach Prime has, is is starting to be um, recruited by uh, Auburn University um, I think uh, another school um, it's two schools they say it was Auburn and another school that are um, apparently you know in behind the scenes trying to see you know trying kind to of romancy. mm hmm and. <laughs> I said this two years ago when he first got hired as Jackson State and I was like I hope that he's there long enough to really really put a system in place that will not only benefit Jackson State will benefit all HBCUs yeah Um, yeah you know I know they just said that Jackson State just got approved I think they just are, are discussing to get the funding to build a brand new stadium for Jackson State Nice, um, nice. I think that was one. I think that was one of the contingencies that Coach Prime has said, like, hey, y'all want to keep me here.
2: We need y'all to new make facilities. an investment.
1: You know, so apparently they are gonna work on getting a brand new stadium built in Jackson. Mm-hmm. I hope they get some uh you know, that the uh, uh water system fixed in Jackson as well before they build that stadium, but that's neither here nor there. Hey, that, mm-hmm. you know, that ain't none of my business. But you know, I think they should get the water fixed before they build a brand new stadium. Mm-hmm. But you know, hey, so. There's a lot of excitement heating up in the HBCU world. The season's getting ready okay. to come to a close. So yeah. we're going to touch back on that at the end of the show. Okay. Let's go on and get into this topic real quick. So, you know, you like do. we're talking about, you know, Oh, you had something? No, no, no. I'll say let's get it done. Oh, so, yeah. So, you know, we're talking about the LGBTQIA plus community in sports if, for those who yeah. are just logging in or just tuning in and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, this I think this is a very important topic and a topic that we definitely will touch on later in the season. When we mm-hmm. can have the appropriate guests, you know, be a representation of the LGBTQIA+ yeah. community. Yeah. Um, so, I'll be honest with everybody, you know, and I don't mind being honest because, you know, in life we have to learn and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously in our society, you know, especially I'm a '90s baby, so you know, for all my mm-hmm. you know uh, late 1900s babies, we'll understand this. Um, you know, when I was growing up, you know, uh, being part of the LGBTQIA. LGBTQIA plus community was not something to be necessarily vocally and overtly proud of you know it was a lot of like hush hush and things like that and I never I was in middle school the first time I ever had my like first true encounter with somebody who was a part of the LGBT community and it was um I'm not gonna say his name or anything even though he yeah. probably probably doesn't listen to this at all but if he did that would be dope but it probably doesn't but, mm-hmm. um, you know, just to save his identity and everything, it was a, a young gentleman that we had in, in middle school. And he was like the first person that all of us as a collective was like, he gay. Like, yeah, he mm-hmm. he definitely gay. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just the way, you know, just certain questions he would ask, just certain things he would say. You were just mm-hmm. like, mm, that ain't normal. That ain't normal to ask, you know, another dude that type of question. Mm-hmm. um, But mm-hmm. he was dating girls at the time, which were, you know, For us was kind of like, you acting real suspicious to be, I mean, like kid you're not, he could get any girl he wanted. Like, I mean, legit, Mm -hmm. he could sing. He, you know, was handsome for, you know, for a dude and whatnot, could get any girl he wanted. Like that wasn't Mm -hmm. even a question. Mm -hmm. And by the time we were in high school, but I never forget it, our senior year in high school, the first day of school, Dr. Pitts. I never forget it. Dude pulled up to school with a, a spaghetti strap tank top on, in a jean skirt that was like halfway between his you know hips and knees like Mm -hmm. and we all just looked like bruh no you didn't like word changes like had a whole new name he legally didn't have a whole brand new name but yeah you couldn't call him his old name no more and i'll never forget the principal first day of school sent Mm. his ass home wow send him home and said you got to change this outfit. Like, you got to come back in boy clothes. Like, legit. That would be like a lawsuit ho- now. <laughs> what? Hey, that would be and a it, lawsuit
0: now. And- this was only
1: 10 years ago, too. This was 2000, yeah. well, 12 years ago. This was 2010. That's not yeah. that long ago. Yeah. Like, should have been a lawsuit so, then. <laughs> honestly, probably. You probably, you definitely had a stronger chance now than you did back then. Yeah. But, you know, that was kind of like my first encounter with it. But, For so long, it was like, you know, oh, if, you know, if you're gay or if you're lesbian, you know, you're sick in the head, something's wrong with you. Like, why would you like the same, you know, same sex and stuff like that? Like, you know, I can't even imagine. I'm not calling you old, Dr. Pitts. You are, you are a veteran. You're aging like wine. You are seasoned. You are seasoned, not old. It's called wisdom, Ronnie. It's there called you wisdom.
0: Are, you are it's, it's 55 years of sheer wisdom.
1: You are 55 years... Not yet, in two young, weeks. <laughs> young. 55 years young. Mm. But I couldn't imagine what it was like, you know, dealing with, you know, that population back then and, and when you were growing up, because it seemed like it was, you know, definitely, you know, don't I want to touch talk. on it.
0: I do. Yeah. I, I, so, I want to touch on it um, because... There, there are definitely um, family members and friends, um, members of the community, that there was suspicion that mm-hmm. that they were amongst the the LGBT community, um, but like you said, it wasn't talked about. It wasn't accepted. It just was not. You know. <clears throat> Back in the day, growing up in Salem, New Jersey, um, you know, Salem, in a lot of ways, was was really considered a Christian community.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: we you know, that's a whole nother show um, where
1: it's not time, a wish like community with the whole Salem witch trials and everything. Yeah, like no, that,
0: yeah. that's Massachusetts, you nut.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> but it, it just wasn't. It wasn't accepted. It wasn't talked about. But people knew, right? Mm-hmm. And you, I, I, I think that a part of the issue is rearing, right? And because I said, it, hate is taught, right? And I really truly believe, and I, and it's. It's one of those things that's always made me giggle, right? When when mm-hmm. people are homophobic, it's to me, it's like, yo, you tripping, like you've made the assumption that they would want you. <laughs> it's like you are homophobic and then like you ain't even their type. Like, what are you tripping off of? Mm-hmm. And it's so it's so crazy to me that you you have this fear of someone because they're different than you as if to suggest that somehow difference is contagious or you know, a disease or something. And it's just disgusting to me. It's disgusting that people treat other human beings with such ill intent. Um, it, it's totally contrary to how I was raised. It's totally contrary to how I think and feel and behave and and navigate life that you don't have a right to treat someone like less than a human being because you disagree with who they are and how they choose to live their life. And growing up in a Christian home, growing up in a Christian community, one of the things that always irked me to the core of my soul is how people would judge and criticize and condemn members of the the community in such an egregious way and then have the audacity to spew scripture simultaneously and it's like the word of god that i've read says therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus mm-hmm. the word of god that i read says that we must walk in love toward everybody Everybody, everybody. So how do you hide behind the Bible as justification to treat another human being like they're less than human? It's disgusting to me. Um, I tell folks, I don't have no heaven or hell to put nobody in. Mm -hmm. What you choose to do and how you choose to live your life and how you identify, that's between you and your maker. That don't have nothing to do with me. I'm going to love you for whoever you are. And I'm going to treat you with decency and respect because you are a human being. And that is what I was taught to do. That is how I was raised and and what I believe is right. It's called humanity, folks. It's called humanity. I don't hear, I mean, we hear in the news, Ronnie about, you know, especially with the transgender um, community and athletes and the the argument and the debate, we've talked about that before. Um, Mm -hmm. We really need to do a show dedicated solely to that, but I I don't want to do that show without actually having members of the transgender community on the show. That's why we haven't touched it yet. Um, But when I think about... When I think about those members of my home community that we knew that that they were gay growing up, and and many of them were athletes, it was just one of those things that just wasn't talked about. Right. <clears throat> it just wasn't talked about. And to my knowledge, and we're we you know Salem is a close knit community. Um, to my knowledge, nobody was ever mistreated because they were gay now they may have been and it just didn't come out mm-hmm. um and i just didn't hear about it but to my knowledge it, it didn't now the other part of that is the language right <clears throat> because that's a problem it's like this the language that's used the inappropriate jokes the stuff now that'll get you in trouble right but stuff now that's considered, you know, you mess around and catch an EEOC case <laughs> at work and school districts mess around and catch a lawsuit, you you can't use offensive language. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, the language you, we used to use when I was growing up, like the F yeah, word, I'm not gonna say it because- Yeah, 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 just all F inappropriate,
0: word. just horrible language no. that that's contradictory to what we know now is diversity and inclusion and gender affirming language, um, it just wasn't there back in the day. It's ignorance. It was it was ignorance. That's all it was.
1: And I think, it and was I think one of the other bigger issues also <laughs> is that, you know, I think because there has, you know, finally been this societal shift of, you know, mm-hmm. um, more acceptance and more, you know, understanding. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, so when I was in college, we actually had a teammate um, who transferred in from uh, JMU um, yeah. and he played running back. Mm-hmm. And he was on our 2013 um, team that should have won the championship, but we didn't get a chance to play the game. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget it, you know, when it, so we had our offensive line coach come down from JMU and he was our offensive line coach at State. And that entire spring ball, I never forget him saying like, look, as long as y'all learn the concepts and the fundamentals of these blocking schemes, I got a running back coming down here who's going to make y'all look like rock stars. Wow. In my mind, I'm like, oh, all oh, right, bet. Mm-hmm. So I never forget it. Summer camp opens up. We got the quarterback and the running back from JMU to come down, you know, play mm-hmm. for Virginia state. Mm-hmm. So in our minds, we're thinking like, oh, all right, bet. You know, this about to be dope. Mm-hmm. So the running back comes in for the first meeting and everything. It our first time seeing them and whatnot instantly you know i hate to say this but you know instantly you know we can call it which one we judge we looked at him and was like mm, okay okay cool mm-hmm. and so we got on to practice and i'll never forget it one of the seniors had asked the quarterback like hey yo what's up with uh such and such is he uh <laughs> and the quarterback was like yeah he a little a little different you know, you mm-hmm. know, you know uh, Red Fox used to do a little, he a little, mm-hmm. you know. And so we were like, all right, cool. Not to piss out, never forget it. The way he used to get in his running back stance was the funniest thing in the world. Cause like, he literally would like, like literally like almost like poke his ass out. Like when he would get in the stance and you were just mm-hmm. like, yeah, all right. You know, he clearly like at this point,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like what he like, cool. Dr. Piss, this dude could run the ball. Like, phenomenal athlete. Mm -hmm. In one season, he broke our touchdown record and our season rushing yards record in one season coming Mm -hmm. to state. Shattered that joint. Like, yeah. And one one game, he had five touchdowns by himself. Like, dude was an athlete. 6'1, 225, could run a legit, I mean, legit Mm -hmm. 4'440. Had break, I mean, just a phenomenal athlete like dudes and And, and that's the thing and the one thing about it was nobody in the locker room at any point during the entire season never brought it up never ostracized him for it never you know isolated from him like his locker was in the middle of the locker room like everybody else's was you know he got dressed with us you know like i don't i can't remember if he showered or anything but we all knew what he was, but in no way, shape or form did any of us at any point joke on him about it, you know, Mm -hmm. treat him differently, talk to him differently. Like nobody, it's not like nobody wouldn't dap him up or yo, like when I tell you, yeah, he was who he was by his sexual orientation, but as a part of the football team, he was one of us. We didn't give a damn who he decided to sleep with. Like you come out here on this field and you do this. (laughs) Hey, look, bro. You do what you want to do off off the field. If you're doing this on the field... That's the thing,
0: Ronnie. It's like people... My grandmom used to say that folks make mountains out of Mm molehills. It's like... Folks, we live in a judgmental and critical society. Mm -hmm. We live in a society that that There are so many people that behave as if a spotlight were shined on their life, if a TV camera entered their home and projected what was seen up onto a billboard on the major interstates around the country, that Mm -hmm. folks wouldn't be mortified about that happening. And I think that's the disgrace of it, right? Is that I don't. I don't have a right. I, I have so much of my own stuff that I'm working on and ironing out and in, in my efforts to try to be a better me. Mm-hmm. That I don't have a right to judge, criticize, condemn, or whatever another person. Yeah, there's definitely things that that we can point out that mm, yeah, don't don't know if I if I agree with that, whatever, whatever it is. Um, but to judge criticize condemn another human being for their choices for them being who they are for them living the way they choose to live their life
1: it's it's disheartening it's disheartening go ahead i do have i i it just popped in my head and mm-hmm. i hope this is a i hope this is an appropriate enough platform to have to ask this question And I ask it in a. You're asking me a question. Yeah, I'm asking you a question, and I'm not asking. If you if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to because it's a it's a complex it's a complex question. Okay. So, and I'm glad and I'm glad we're having this conversation, and I definitely want to have this with somebody a part of the community. But Mm -hmm. one of the things that I've observed and that's been talked about heavily, especially amongst the Black community, Mm -hmm. is the rise in the emasculation of the Black man. And and the reason I wanted to ask you this question and kind of, I guess, get your viewpoints on it, because I don't know if you've heard this conversation before or whatnot, Mm -hmm. but basically in a nutshell that systematically, you know, through whether it's systemic racism or just systemic oppression that, you know, the powers that be, um, you know, whether it's through food, whether it's through social media, whether it's through programming are basically you know, trying to emasculate, you know, specifically the Black man and, you know, further, you know, basically oppress them to a point where, you know, we don't have, you know, in other words, it's almost a a fancy way of saying like, they're trying to do like population control through emasculating Black men and reducing the people of color's population in a way that other races can, you know, um, catch up in a sense, you know? And it's a complex situation and it's a complex topic because it's to each his own. And we've talked Mm -hmm. about how like, you know, what you identify as with your sexual orientation is specific to you because, you know, at the end of the day, who you choose to love, sleep with, whatever the case may be, that shouldn't be the end all be all determination of you as a person. However, Mm -hmm. you know, we also know that from culture's perspectives and also just a human race perspective that, you know. You can't, you know, it's kind of hard to sit there and say, you know, you know, everybody wants to support same sex in a sense, because like, you know, in a sense, you support same sex. Well, that kind of, you know, also inhibits, you know, repopulation, reproduction and stuff like that, Mm because, you know, same sexes can't just, I mean, now they have technology nowadays that they make that Mm -hmm. possible. And I ain't gonna get into all that because I just don't know enough about it. But this Mm -hmm. is a conversation that is going heavily in the black community of this argument of, you know, the emasculation of the black man the emasculation of the black woman, you know, Mm -hmm. almost like kind of like, in a sense, role reversals, if you do follow that type of thing. So I just Mm kind of wanted to get maybe your viewpoint on that, or if that's maybe a discussion you've had with people in the community or just in the black community as a whole of, you know, this continued systemic oppression of the black family, specifically the black man and black woman, almost forcing them to reverse roles and i know i'm putting you on the spot i don't want to put you on the spot no you're fine answer.
0: i'm I'm, no, trying no. To, I, I'm trying to i'm um, trying to okay so when you uh, and i'm i'm going to try to w- explain my perspective in you get where i'm coming it. from though right i think so and connecting it to our topic today so here's the here's the thing um, I think I mentioned on a previous show, and it may have been a couple of years ago now, that we had a discussion in my historical and socioculture class when I was in grad school
2: mm-hmm.
0: about whether or not individuals are born
1: mm. They
0: actually into, released a study about that in 2020. Yeah, are, are born into the LGBT community whether or not being a member of the community is a choice um, and there was just huge intense debate in my um, class in grad school and the the majority of the class said that they believe that individuals are born as members of the community mm-hmm. there were three of us if my memory serves me correctly that said that we didn't know and then there was one person who said that they thought it was a choice. And mm-hmm. those of us that said that we didn't know came under fire because they thought that we were copping out and just choosing not to take a stance. And, of course, my thing is, you know what, I, I back down from nothing. So you can think what you want. If I felt like I was clear on one way or other, I don't have a problem speaking my mind. Anybody that knows me knows that. So screw you. Right. Um, but I, I bring that up. to to connect the dots to what you said. So here's the thing. Do I think that there's an emasculation of the black man? I do. Do I think that black women are oppressed? I do. Do I think that it's forcing a role reversal? I think that that speaks to the debate that we've touched on very, very briefly in previous shows around this conversation about whether or not the Willie Lynch letter was real or a hoax as the research done at Spelman or Morehouse or whoever it was that did it suggest. Mm -hmm. Um, I honestly and truthfully, personally, professionally, clinically I don't know if someone is born, I, d- I do know enough about the little bit of scientific information about chromosomes, and how if your chromosomes that impacts how you connect with your gender identity. Um, you know, and and because that determines your anatomical makeup and, and what right. genitalia you're born with. Um, but that doesn't address the fact that you do hear members of the community say, "Yes, I have male anatomy, but I feel like a female inside." Or, "Yes, I have female anatomy, but I." Isn't feel that like uh, a male gender
1: dysphoria? Inside. That's yeah. the definition of gender dysphoria, yeah. right? Yeah. And,
0: but I feel, yeah, but but I feel I feel like you know I was born one way, but I feel like the opposite sex inside. And then, of course, you have non-binary who are just like, you know what, I ain't associated with either, forget y'all, I'm just gonna be whatever. And that's fine. Um, I say all that to say, Ronnie, that I, it doesn't matter to me whether or not the Lynch letter was a hoax. There Mm -hmm. are contents within that letter that are present in our communities today. So whether it was a hoax or not, there are elements of the letter that we see existing in the behavior of Black and brown persons and communities all over this country. There is role reversal. I don't know if the role reversal is intentional or if it's just happening because there's so many of our men in car. I don't know. I, so my, my, my authentic answer is, I don't know. But I do agree that it is going on. The root of why it's going on, I believe there are more of us that need to do more scholarly research to sort of try and tease it out further and and get to the essence of it. Um, I don't know. What I do know is this,
2: And you, you described
0: it beautifully. How a person identifies who they choose to love, who they choose to have an intimate relationship with, how they choose to live their life, has absolutely, in my opinion, and I'm entitled to it,
2: mm-hmm. has
0: absolutely, positively no bearing on how they engage in athletic involvement.
1: Oh,
0: yeah, I, you know, when we've talked about this previously, you know, you have players that have come out in the various leagues that ended up not having successful professional careers because it wasn't well received. But now you have players that have come out and they are well, timing is everything. Timing is everything. And how, in my opinion, how a person comes out I believe, has the ability to impact how they're received. And wisdom says, wisdom says you have to gauge your audience. That's not just members of the LGBT community. That's anything, anybody, anywhere. I've shared before on the show, you know, Ronnie, there were people who didn't know that I was a victim of domestic violence. There were people who didn't know that I was sexually assaulted because I didn't feel emotionally safe enough to share that information. The same thing applies to members of the LGBT community. There has to be an emotionally safe space for them to be authentically who they are regardless of who disagrees with who they are or not. I can't help the fact that I'm black, but guess what? There are people who don't like the fact that I'm black. So what, get over it. You can't. You disliking me because I'm black doesn't change the fact that I'm black. If I came out right now and said, you know what, Ronnie, I'm a member of the community. People all over the country will pass out because they are be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. But guess what? It wouldn't change the fact that I'm still me. You know what I'm saying? So, and I, I actually touched on that in my book. I touched on it, because I had past people when I was growing up, there were people in my life that questioned whether or not I was gay. And I'm like, I'm not. But what if I was? But are you gonna think, love me? Are you gonna love me or like me any less if I was?
1: And I think to that point, I think, and especially and concerns to as we get ready to um, wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the final thing I want to say before I pass it over you to wrap this up before we get into our uh, picks and everything is that I want to say, you know, first and foremost, shout out to the parents of the student athletes who are part of the LGBTQIS community who have yeah, yeah. been uh, receptive and understanding and uh, welcoming of their child's, you know, choices, whether yeah. or not, whether or not as a parent, you feel like that child's choice is a phase or, you know, they're misled or misunderstood, whatever the case may be. One thing I always tell parents to do is like, you know, first of all, be understanding of your child. Don't be so quick to, to judgment or quick to, you know, be dismissive or, um, you know, just disrespectful to their choices. At the end of the day, that is a little human that you are raising. And yeah. I think, and especially for, you know, guys, and I, and I get it, you know, us as guys, we have, you know, this pride thing where it's like, you know, if we have a son, oh, no, nah, my son can't be gay. No, I can't. I can't raise no son that's gay. I've heard that a trillion times from heterosexual males, especially black males. Like, no, nah, I my think it's son. a
0: reflection on them. People going to think, oh, if I have a child that's gay, they're going to think I'm getting
1: shot up. Exactly. And I mean, you know, hey, <clears throat> I, if that's how you feel, I would suggest you go, you know, talk with your, your peer group, your support group, and maybe even a, 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 a mental health professional about that. But the one, like, I think the one thing parents fail to realize in that moment is that if your kid does come to you and expresses those, understand this, like, even as a teenager, or whatever the case may be, even though a kid expresses something, they still don't have a full grasp and understanding of, of that topic, no matter how much they've heard and seen, they just don't have a full, complete understanding of it yet. However, you as the adult, you can provide that passageway in that in that gateway for them to get mm-hmm. the proper information and resources and tools necessary to help them further understand what it is that they're feeling on the inside and they're trying to express and get out. you mm-hmm. know. And if it is a phase, whether it's a phase or not, understand this, still support your child. Yes. Because understand, people don't do things for no reason. Kids don't do things for no reason. Kids don't mm-hmm. explore or venture out to do things for no reason. So whether you agree with it or not, Be there to support them and be understanding. And then the parents who do do that, I applaud you. Whether or not you have personal biases or differences or just don't understand enough, the fact that you can still be understanding and patient enough for your child to let them figure it out on their own, please Mm -hmm. continue to do that. Because parents, if you don't, they're going to go find that information somewhere else. And that might not be the best place to find it at. Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: let them find it with you. And you all work together as a team, as a family, as a unit. So that's all I have to say about it. Um, I definitely want to, you know, get a guest on here to further talk, further talk about this and get more yeah. understanding and, and just insight as to what that's like. So Dr. Piss, go ahead and, and wrap it up before we can get into these picks.
0: So I want to, and we'll probably go over, a, go over a couple of minutes today. Hopefully we'll be done by five after, but um, I wanted to, to close out, but I actually want to share the story real quick about um, professional wrestler, Jake Atlas. He was arrested back in May for domestic violence. And he said that alcohol abuse played a key role in his arrest. Um, But he also acknowledged Ronnie, the mental health struggles that he battled with. And he said um, he apologized to his colleagues and his fans. Chris Atlas? No, no, no. Jake. Jake Atlas. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he said um, he was a WWE wrestler and uh, AEW, and he said he, he finally admitted to his abuse of alcohol, which factored heavily into the altercation with his male partner that resulted in his arrest and being charged with a misdemeanor battery domestic violence on May 23rd of this year. He said that his real name is Kenny Marquez, by the way, um, and and he is gay. And he said that um, he has had mental health struggles and His mental health struggles, Ronnie, were a major factor in his stepping away from pro wrestling, um, and it also contributed to his alcohol abuse. He went on to say, I've accepted that my anxiety and depression led me to detrimentally self-medicate for the last seven years. In addition, a lot of unresolved trauma resurfaced for me recently that was fundamental to the development of some extremely negative core beliefs, and I was inadequately able to manage I wanted to highlight that because what we know to be true as clinicians, as clinicians is that mental health challenges among the LGBT community are pervasive. They are extremely high, hence why the DSM and gender dysphoria to the, the the manual. We there is significant, significant challenges that the community faces because there is so much rejection, because there is so much hostility and abuse, neglect and maltreatment that members of the community are subjected to that is compromising their mental health. So when you factor that in just because of how they identify and couple that with the pressures associated with athletic involvement, it's a perfect storm. It ends up being a recipe for disaster in many, many, many cases of these scholar and professional athletes that are members of the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. So we have to be sensitive to that. We have to raise our awareness about that. And we have to understand that these individuals are human beings with feelings and needs and wants that require just as much care and concern and compassion and empathy as someone who's not a member of the LGBT community. In some, they're human beings with feelings and they need love and support just like someone who's heterosexual. And I need people to remember that. They are human beings. They're human beings, they are human beings. They are human beings. They think and feel and breathe and bleed and hurt and cry like everybody else. They have just chosen to be authentically who they are that's different than who we are, but they should not be abused, neglected or mistreated because they have made the decision to be authentically who they are. That's it, Ronnie. Let's get these these picks out of the way so that we can get on with our day.
1: All right. So last week, real quick, Dr. Pitts, you were uh, six and four last week. Um, mm-hmm. I was seven and three last week. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: we're neck and neck here. So all right. Okay. So this week, the uh, CIAA game of the week because this right here is probably going to determine the northern representative for the CIAA. We have undefeated Virginia Union versus four and two Bowie State. Ooh. this is this is this the game of the this is the game of the year for the conference right here. This is going to determine who's probably going to represent the north uh, for the CIAA championship in a couple of weeks. I'm rolling the dice. I'm going with Bowie. Ooh, Bowie with the upset, okay. Um, they're... I hate both of these teams, respectfully. Um, man, I've been going back and forth because in my head, you know, Virginia State still has an outside chance of getting to the championship game. They mm-hmm. would just need Union to beat Bowie, and then they would need to beat Union, and Union would need to lose to one more team. But the chances of that happening—what? <laughs> what? The chances of that they're happening. <laughs> are very slim so i'm gonna go with union i'm gonna go with union hasn't won a ciwa championship in, in in over 20 years so it's been a while so we'll see for the upset we got uh virginia state versus Shawan today um Who? you got i think Shawan is three and three state is four and two i'm going with both with a uh, state i bet i'm going with state two state y'all really disappointed me last week i i was talking so much trash, and then I just went. I just went missing because it was just terrible.
0: He went radio silent.
1: <laughs> and look, it was thirty. It was thirty to nothing after the first quarter. I was like, "Yeah, I was glad I ain't paid the thirty dollars to go out there, though." Man, I would have been. I'd have been pissed. I'd have been like, "Coach, give me some." I'd have been like, "Coach, give me some pads because this is atrocious." Sheesh. But we got uh, Fayetteville State versus Livingstone. Are you going to tell me the I records? don't. I don't know the. Ra- I think Fayetteville. I uh, think Fayetteville only has like one or two wins. Livingstone only has like one or two wins, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Fayetteville.
1: Fayetteville. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Fayetteville. All right. Now this is the other game of the year in the SIAC conference.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We have undefeated Benedict College. Mm-hmm. versus five and one alcorn state this is gonna be a good one this is gonna be a good one
0: i'm gonna
1: go with alcorn Ooh, okay Alcorn. okay i'm going with benedict i'm going with benedict to keep their streak alive all right mm-hmm. now to some F- fcs uh oh our last one for division two we have lincoln versus uh, elizabeth city uh, Lincoln is going for their uh, record third win in a season which hasn't been done in I think maybe you were in elementary school. Um,
0: <laughs> they're that bad run. Oh my god. Yes,
1: yes. Lincoln is Lincoln And is, who are they playing? Elizabeth City. Elizabeth City I think has one win. Oh gosh. So it's any it's a. it's a toss. It's a it's a pickem. Yep. I'm going I'm with a, Lincoln. I'm, I'm I'm I was going to say I'm going to go with
0: Lincoln. Lincoln. I'm gonna, I'm going to give them I'm going to give
1: them the benefit of the doubt. All right, so now for our FCF games. We got FAMU versus Grambling. I should already know who you're going
0: with. Stop playing. You already know.
1: Grambling let me down last week. They had the game, <laughs> they had the game by two touchdowns, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I bet. I come back and look. Alabama A&M came back and beat them in overtime, so I'm going FAMU. Mm-hmm. We got Jackson State versus Bethune. Jackson State. I'm to say I already know that one. We got um, – Oh, I apologize. I got it mixed up. It wasn't Alcorn State that been explained. It's Albany State. Albany State is five and one. I apologize. So you're going with Albany State? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Alcorn versus Southern. I apologize. Alcorn Alcorn versus Southern. I think Alcorn is four and two. Southern is like, I think they got like one or two wins. Alcorn. 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 We got. Delta, i mean not delta state del delaware state. state versus um uh norfolk state norfolk state just got their first one of the season last week versus Morgan i have state. to i have to go with, with the Hornets. i gotta go with del state del state all right mm-hmm. i'm going i'm going little state nsu mm-hmm. um in our final game we have mississippi valley versus alabama state mississippi valley only has i think one win alabama state has like four wins Alabama State. But um, I'm going with Alabama State too. All right. Well, that's all our picks. Y'all check back in with us next week to see how it's going. Look, I'm getting mm-hmm. I'm getting Doctor Piss in that Eagles jersey, y'all. So getting in there, there. Ronnie, but look,
0: <clears throat> look Ronnie,
1: huh, Ronnie. what happened?
0: What happened? You know, you know that I am very humble, and all this trash you talking about my game tomorrow. If my cowboys pull this upset, I'm calling you at midnight to wake you up
1: Go
0: on FaceTime. And it's, you better answer.
1: It's all good. Like, I, know my, I know my phone. I don't have to worry about my phone ringing tomorrow. It's all good. Bye. Bye, Bye, Bye everybody. Eagles fly. See you. Fly. Fly. Bye. Fly. Fly. fly See ya.
0: Fly. Happy Saturday, everybody. Enjoy your day.
1: Peace. Y'all you have next a great week. week i